This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. With special thanks to our pals. ADT Taxis, Eatney, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Lester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Waiting Series, and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans' debate each match with us. Follow us at Lester Fan TV. It's Christian Fuchs here. I would like to say a big thank you to our fans and keep having our back for the upcoming Premier League season as well as the Europa League. Keep watching Leicester Fan TV. They have the latest news and they keep you up to date on LeicesterFanTV.com. So stay tuned and thanks for your support. Good evening. Another Wednesday night show of uh, The Fox's Tale. We've got a very special guest and a legend of the football club tonight. He made over 250 appearances and scored up 39 goals. And he did this in a wet Wendy night. Even wider is Impey now. It goes over the outstretched leg of the defender and hooks the ball across here. Oh, from the Turkish international that's right out of the top draw and that's why Leicester are near the top of the first division a goal of absolute quality a stunning strike from Muzzy is it I say it's Wednesday it's half past seven it's time for the Foxes turn Let's not hesitate. Let's get the man himself. Muzzy, is it? Evening, Muzz. How you doing? Evening, everyone. 
Good, good, good to have you on. Let's start with your time at the football club. It was uh, a roller coaster of a ride, and uh, you came in the March of '96 and helped us into the playoff final. Yeah, I sort of um, came from uh, from Chelsea, uh, Chelsea reserves. Uh, unknown, unknown to me, Martin had been watching me for a, a few months. I think. Um, I think it was. I think a bit longer than that. I think when previously when he was at uh, Norwich. And even Wickham, I think, I think he'd been looking at us. Um, but I, th I think he needed midfield players at, at Leicester at the time, and for some reason he thought that maybe I could, I could do a job for him. So uh, yeah, it was some some great memories and some fantastic times there. So you'd come in, you'd make the playoff final, you'd start in the playoff final. I mean, beyond your dreams, you'd only been at the club a couple of months. I mean, what was it like to walk out at uh, the, the old Wembley and win the penalty as well for that? Uh, in that playoff, well, it, it was it was a roller coaster ride, really, because when I came to to Leicester, obviously on loan, um, the first game was the, the infamous Sheffield United game, uh, where Martin took a lot of stick afterwards. Um, it got me and Julian Watts, I think, on on the very last day of of, uh, of being on loan, and um, obviously a lot. Of, well, I don't, no one had heard of me. You know, I was a reserve team player at Chelsea. So, uh, yeah, I came on a sub. Um, like I say, I enjoyed my 25 minutes, whatever it is I got. Uh, the game didn't go to plan uh, for Martin and the, and the rest of the lads. But after that, we oh, I think we played Cholton away and he started me. And then it sort of it snowballed from there, really. I, I played every game towards we, until we got into the playoff final. I mean, the playoff final itself, I mean, uh, roller coaster of a ride, uh, Claridge in the last minute. Uh, what was your feelings when that hit the back of the net at that time of the game? I mean, you must have been right behind that at the time. Relief, more than anything. Um, you know, you sort of, you, you're looking at penalties and everything else. And I was just dreading the fact that I'm going to have to take a penalty. So the fact that he, he stepped up and, and scored in the last in the last seconds really was was fantastic um yeah i got the penalty for the first one well while she put me put me in down the line i was playing left midfield believe it or not that day I, I i don't know why i had no pace but i got managed to get myself into the box and um invited the challenge in and went over and got a penalty gary parker steps up takes it and we're back in the game I mean, one question that Andy Maddis put was, what attracts you to come to Leicester? I know Martin had showed the interest, but I mean, dropping down from the Premier League at the time, it would have been into the old, oh, sorry, the old first division. I didn't see it as a drop down. I saw it as a step up. I was playing reserve team football. I, I wanted to get first team experience. I didn't care where it was. Um, if I'm being honest, you know, I'm a London lad, born and bred in London. I didn't know too much about Leicester, um, but I knew that they wanted me and that is all I needed. I needed someone to believe in me. Martin did. Um, and I thought I could come and do a job. You'd then get promotion after that famous player final for Leicester, and you'd then sign for the club for eight hundred fifty thousand. Uh, not much convincing to join, apparently, after that season. No, I, I was desperate to come. Desperate to come. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed my two two and a half months on loan. Um, played in a first team, playing first team football. And the prospects of playing in the Premier League, you know, there was no way I wanted to go back to Chelsea and play in their reserves. Uh, 
that's for, that's for certain. So, yeah, when the when the offer came in, uh, Chelsea obviously Chelsea accepted it, and and there I was, first team, you know, a Leicester City officially a Leicester City player. Uh, Jack says your favourite season as a Leicester player, was he? My favourite season. Ooh. I don't know what I've never been asked that one. Favourite season. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say when I, I I love when I came on loan because it was just completely random. It was new, um, and obviously Lesser gave me this opportunity to to start my career playing at Wembley. You, if you can imagine, two months before that, I was playing in front of one man and his dog at Chelsea reserves, and then you're playing in front of eighty thousand at Wembley Stadium. It's it's it's, it's bonkers. Um, so I'd say. But then every then every season after that, you know, we managed to get into finals, League Cup finals, Europe. Uh, there was always something going on. So it was uh, every every season I had was a fantastic year. You know? Jamie from the Fox Arm says, "Did any other clubs come in before signing for Leicester?" Basically, unknown to me, unknown to me, there was, and I only found out years later, and that was because the Adam, Leicester manager. And he told me that he was at Fulham. He tried to sign me, so but I, I didn't know. I, I had no idea until, like I say, when, when was it? Mickey Adams came, sort of five, six years later, somewhere, somewhere like that, six, seven years later. So I had no idea. So what would have been strange if I would have found out? Obviously, Fulham, London, Leicester, Midlands. It'd have been a, it would have been a difficult decision, wouldn't it? And I would have probably chosen the bloody wrong one. <laughs> You'd be at the club through some good times, some bad. One of them, I remember the game, would be the Tottenham when you scored the volley, when there was speculation of Martin possibly leaving the football club. What was it like in the dressing room, you know, before that game? Uh, there was a lot of speculation he was going to leave. I mean, the fans had the banners up, Martin don't go and he'll stay and everything like that. It was a strange atmosphere, that game. Uh, what was it like to play in? Uh, the, the game was okay because you sort of, once you once you get on the pitch, everything else you sort of you forget about. But the build up, there was always a, there was always murmurs and rumours about Martin going to other clubs because because he'd been successful at Leicester, and that's what tends to happen, don't it? You sort of Leicester's lost managers in the past, and um, you know whether they've been sacked, whether they've gone on to other things. And Martin was obviously hot property back then, you know. So it, what he'd done with a a so-called smaller club. Obviously, sometimes the the so-called bigger clubs come knocking, and it's it's hard for managers to turn down. But I think Martin always kept it professional. He, he it never sort of crept in too much into the change rooms. He'd this is as usual. Uh, Jamie asked, favorite goal: Grinsby or Spurs? Ah, I, I, I'd probably say Grimsby because it's one of them you, it's one of them you tried out when you was a kid. You know, overhead kicks over the park with your mates. Um, and to be honest, I was having an absolute nightmare that game. I was, it was absolutely pouring it down the rain. The game wasn't going that great. We wasn't playing particularly well. I think Frank Sinclair just been sent off. And I made a, an attempt to get into the box. Obviously, Imps went down on the right. 
And like he always does, he, he doesn't pick anyone out. So I've had to check my run. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, and it's one of them. He goes behind you and you think, you know, you go back to your childhood. Go on and I'll have, a, I'll have an attempt at it. Nine times out of ten, you, you miss the ball completely. And 99 times out of 100, it goes over the crossbar and into the stands, you know. But this one time... I didn't even see it going. I was facing the other way. I only knew because I see Matt Elliott jumping up and I thought, blind, but that's got in. So uh, I'd say that one. Yeah, I was at the game. It was very wet. I was sitting right behind the goal when it went in. And uh, you, you mentioned about that game. It was Frank Sinclair got the yellow card and then carried on the sign that he was going to have a go at the referee for some reason and got sent off. It was a strange game, that game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, you know, it's a tough place to go and get a result. It, it was. It's a midweek game. It, they're always tough when you go away from home, but the conditions were poor. Uh, I think we were sitting. What was we second in the league at the time? I think we was up there with us and yeah. Portsmouth, weren't we? Um, and we needed to keep the pressure on. Uh, and we was probably second best on the day, but we managed to come out of there with with a win. Andy Meadow says, "Best player you played with at Leicester." Uh, Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon, because I could, you know, I could say Walshie as well. Walshie was great, but actually, he made me better, Neil Lennon. So it gave me the license and the freedom to get forward and make runs into the box and be a little bit more expressive because I knew I had that security behind me, you know. So I'll probably say Neil Lennon, and I think he was a very, very underrated football player. If he was around today, and with all these now new positions and everything else, um, I think he'd be worth millions today, Neil Lennon. Oh, he was uh, probably one of the big reasons we struggled after he left the football club. We never really replaced his energy in the part, the ball-winning midfielder. <laughs> no, it's it's sometimes like back then, or say back then, blimey, it's like I'm talking about hundred years ago, but twenty twenty something, twenty years ago. Um, they wasn't really valued an older midfield player because I don't know why. I don't know why. But, you know, now they're, they're probably one of the first names on the team sheet. Well, Neil Lennon was certainly the first name on the team sheet in our team because Martin understood how important he was for us, you know, he, whether it be starting the attacks or breaking their attacks down. So it was a massive part of our success. Ross House said, I was at Brundle Park that day with my dad. I was eight years old. Uh, and that is my favourite ever goal in football stadium. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah, I do I do tend to get a lot of um you know, kids now in their twenties coming up to me saying, Oh, I was there, but I'm, you know, you, you forget how, how many years ago it was, you know what I mean? So no, it was great and I've lived off the back of it. I've had many pints bought over that, so yeah. You then go to an area where Martin would sadly leave the football club. The team started to fall, well, drift apart in some ways. You know, Neil Lennon left the football club eventually. Heskey went as well. And Neil left. And in would come Peter Taylor. What was your relationship with Peter at the time? I mean, it started off well and then just that first season seemed to pitter out. My relationship was OK with him. Um, but I could see instantly that we was going to struggle. Even... Even though we went into that season, I think top of the league for the first few months. Um, I think it was up to up until about Christmas, weren't we? We were top of the league, yeah. something like that. I can't remember when it was, um, but I could just tell that behind the scenes that things weren't right. You know, players weren't happy. 
the way we, the way we was winning games, even though we was winning games, we was I don't know how we won some of the games we won. Um, you know, they do say that good teams can win ugly and everything else, but there was there was an element of luck to some of the results that we had, without a doubt. Because um, what you, what you tend to see is when you see players leaving, the quality that we had. And then you see the quality coming in. Well, then you, you know what's coming, don't you? You know you're gonna, you know you're gonna show. I've been in the game long enough to know that you can't get rid of quality players, um, and not replace them with with quality. And this is why this team's doing so well at Leicester at the minute because they're holding on to their better players for as long as they can. And when they do sell them, they're selling them for top, they're selling them for top dollar, and they're getting in other good players to replace them. So. We we weren't doing that back then. We were selling top top players. Neil Lennon was a top player, um, and weren't replacing him with another top player. You know, Esky was a top player. Um, I know he gets a bit of bad press sometimes about how many times he falls over or goals he scores or whatever. But he was a top player for us, and we couldn't replace him with another one. I mean, talk about what we replaced him with. Adi Akinbai came in. Scored a few goals in the Championship, but, you know, it's different in the Premier League. We brought in Junior Lewis. You know, these players had never even heard of, really, playing for Gillingham. Had one good game against Chelsea, and that was it. You know, we never replaced it with like-for-like quality, as you say. I mean, that season seems to pitter out. I mean, the game what we've always been remembered for is the Wiccan game in the FA Cup. Roy Sendo had signed for them from Teletext two days before and scored the winner. Did you yeah. know then that was the season was going to pitter out quickly? Because it seemed to just completely... A pitter eight, and we finished thirteenth in the league. I think after such a good start. Well, that was my. I think that was my last game of the season because when we played when we played Wickham, um, I pulled McCarf just after half time, but we'd already made. I think it was three subs. I can't remember if it was two or three, so I couldn't come off. And I think Sab was. I think Sab was injured as well. So I played about 35, 40 minutes in, this, in the second half with a Tom Calf. So. You know, as the season, obviously, I came after the game, I, I, you know, you could barely walk. We've lost the game. It was absolutely unthinkable that we could lose a game like that. Because um, we sort of prided ourselves on, certainly when Martin was there, whenever we played teams that were less than us, certainly in, certainly in cup competitions, we went there and beat them. And we certainly, we certainly wouldn't have lost to Wickham under, under Martin. Never in a million years we have lost that game. But... Times have changed, players, different personnel, everything else. And uh, we're out of the FA Cup where we had an ex- unbelievable chance to sort of get through into the next round. Would that have took us into the semis? It would, wouldn't it? Semi-final? Yeah, we would have gone into semi-finals, yes. Who would that have been against the semis? I can't uh, it was Liverpool. I think we would have got Liverpool in the semi-finals. And we'd beaten them that season as well at Phil Street. <laughs> you scored in that game. I think that in all the years I was there at, Le- at Leicester... I think we probably beat Liverpool more times than they beat us. We had a really good record against them. It was one of them teams that we'd done well against. So, semi-final, one-off game, anything can happen. Next minute, you're in the FA Cup final, bloody hell. So, it's just a missed opportunity, really. You then go on to the following season with Peter Taylor again in charge. The 5-0 defeat home to Bolton on the first game. And I think, you know, bells were ringing in the stands that game. What is going on? How can we lose to a newly promoted team by that much and not really even turn up? There was, you know, it seemed like there was already something wrong. Uh, we'd then replace Mickey, uh, Mickey Adams and Dave Bassett would come in for the remainder of the season, try and stay up. 
it didn't happen. You would no. then stay at the, you'd then stay at the football club, you know, even at a time where finances weren't in great shape. Uh, you stayed and helped the club get back into the Premier League. What must be some, you know, happy that you did that, you know, after a lot of speculation, the club going into administration. It's uh, some achievement it was that season. Yeah, well, the way I looked at it, I, I joined Leicester when I was in the Championship. And if I would have just left, I would have left them in the Championship. And I looked at it and I thought, you know what? For the sake of one more season, why not? You know, we had a good... The thing is with Mickey, when he came in, they we no, we actually had to start have a decent team. We started actually playing a lot better and we drew too many games. That's what got us um, relegated, really. We had, you know, the likes of Paul Dickoff, Brian Dean, James Scowcroft. It signed good, good players. Do you know? So I thought when we went down, I thought we can definitely get back up with, with this squad. If we can just add one or two more, um, I can't see there'd be teams in too many teams in that division that would would stop us and I'll, you know, proven right. So it was great. Um, we get back up. And that, to be fair, that was a great season, believe it or not. That, when we was in the championship, um, it was just, it took us, it was just, we, we galvanised ourselves. We went into administration, you know, we had to take pay cuts uh, and everything else. But it made us stronger as a team. And I think, um, you know, I think I think the fans appreciated it. You know, we was there was turning up with sellouts every week, and there was a real bond and connection between us and the fans. I felt. Question: King Power or Philbert Street? Favorite place to play? Uh, well, most of my career was at Philbert Street. I I, I actually loved it there. Um, some great memories there. Some some great games that we that we played. Um, but. Like like football does, and it has to. You have to move with the times, and you need high tech stadiums and bigger stadiums and better training grounds. So, but me personally, I'd say Filbert uh, Street. You then, get, you know, you then uh, get one more season with Leicester in the Premier League. Uh, sadly, it didn't work out, and you move on. What was it like to finally leave Leicester, a club that you probably thought you'd stay up for the whole of your career in some ways? Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> It was the contract had run out, um, and I I needed to. I was trying. I was still trying to play for Turkey at the time as well, trying to you know sort out the international future. And I just felt that I needed to stay in the Premier League to do that. Plus, there weren't a contract on the table for me to sign for Leicester anyway. And I think they knew that the contract that I was on was probably just a little bit out of their reach at that moment because obviously going down, they needed to bring some money back into the club and stuff. So I think it worked for everyone, basically. Um, it's, it suited me and it suited the club. But uh, it was a, it was hard to leave, you know. The, it was the friendships that I'd made there over the last eight or nine years, you know, all the backroom staff, you know, Sheila and Dilly, the kit ladies, and Macca, the kit man, and, you know, people that I still speak to to this day. So, uh, yeah, obviously Birch and people like that. So it, it, it was sad to see all that side of it go, but... You know, you have to move on sometimes, don't you? Yeah. Simon says, what was it like to play for Turkey in the World Cup? It was, it was, I didn't really appreciate it at the time until, because you're in this sort of bubble, you know, you're in a World Cup bubble and I'm in a, I'm in a squad of players, Turkish players, and I didn't speak the language well enough um, to really communicate, which was my fault. 
You know, it was no one else's fault. They were great, great lads. Don't get me wrong. They was all, they was fantastic. The staff, brilliant people. Um, but I found it tough. I found adapting, you know, there was a lot of, it was a, certainly in the World Cup, it was lonely because you're in your own room. Um, you can't just go next door and have a chat with someone. So it, it, it was, you know, eight or nine weeks away, not being able to communicate too much. You're constantly on the phone at home, you know, trying to, talk to someone so but no I can't it's only now when I look back I think blimey they, they did they really made me feel welcome it was just unfortunate that the language barrier was a was a big problem I had two guys that spoke English a bit and it felt like I was following them around everywhere and I thought I've got to leave them alone do you know what I mean because it, it was a bit a bit creepy but no uh, lo I love I love playing for Turkey uh, Chris, would you like to play with your fellow Turk card, uh, Sayuncu? Yeah, good player. Very good player. Um, typical Turk, quite aggressive, certainly on the pitch. Um, got a bit of a mad side to him, which is what I like. Um, technically good, good pace, good football player. I think he's... I think. What's great is we've, you know, we've let Maguire go for eighty million and actually got a better centre half in his place. Definitely, uh, Stuart said. Oh, where they gone? Stuart said. Apparently, he used to clean your windows. Stuart, whereabouts in what? What? Where about in Markfield or where I live now? We'll find out, Stuart. Put it in there. Let's find out where he used to clean the windows. Well, I ain't got. Well, I ain't got a window cleaner now. I can't afford one. <laughs> Well, the question, what's your thoughts on what Vardy has achieved at the time at Leicester? I think he's been the greatest signing Leicester's ever, Leicester's ever had, in my opinion. In my opinion. Because what he's achieved at that club um, and elevating them to what, they, what they've done, winning the Premier League and putting, you know, Leicester was always on the map, but putting them right up there. I think he's been absolutely fantastic for the club. Um, not just him, you know, people like Mares as well. Uh, I know he left and everything else, but I think you've got to sit back and look back at what they what they achieved. And certainly Jamie Vardy with his goals, I think. I just I'm just worried now because without him, there could be a problem because we need someone who's gonna like what we say. You need someone when someone eventually retires or leaves or. They get a little bit too old. You need someone to be able to come in and replace him. And there's not there's not many people that can come in and replace him because he's that good. A uh, couple of questions. Best, what oh, was it? Who was the joker in the chain room at your time at the club? Oh, there was loads. There was so many. There was Gary Parker, Scott Taylor. Uh, Jesus, who else was there? Some people say I was. Neil Lennon would be. There was, there was loads, mate. We was, we had people called us the best ever pub team because I think uh, what was great about us and what was great back then was I think the connection that we had with our, with the fans because we all lived in Leicester. Um, a lot of them still do. A lot of them was out, you know, drinking in bars and pubs and restaurants and everything else, and you know, socialising with with the local people, which is what it's all about. I think it's different. It's difficult now because 
social media and everything else. Everybody's trying to get a story on someone and, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but in our time, um, you know, we, we loved every minute of it. You know, we went into every pub, we went into every restaurant, we went into every bar. You know, it was great times. Uh, Stuart said that when he was, you were at Markfield, apparently he was cleaning your windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a window cleaner then, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I was earning some money back then. <laughs> I mean, there was one question I got sent in this afternoon was uh, apparently your nickname, what Matt Elliott used to call you, Chicken Legs. Chicken, oh, Matt used to call me loads, Chicken Legs, Muffy, Turf. I don't know, yeah, there was loads, there was loads. Yeah, I had skinny legs. I still have got skinny legs, so certainly for a football player. Um, so for any young kid out there that's on the small side, don't give in. There's always, you know, as long as you've got a big heart and a little bit of ability and uh, you believe in yourself, there's always a chance, mate. Who did you room with when you were at the football club? Neil Lennon. Nightmare. Um, <laughs> yeah, so even on... It, it was okay when we had away games, but when we went on tour, oh, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. Well, he, we... We all like to have a drink, but he likes to have a little bit more than everyone else. Uh, Joe says, great night out in undes Undeside Bar. Undecided. Undecided. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Great, great times, mate. Like I say, we had, you know, we we was out most weekends. If we'd Certainly if we won, if we'd won, we was, it was party time. And Martin used to encourage it. Martin used to say, so on the way home on the bus, we'd all be pissed. You know, we'd go out and... <laughs> Have a drink. Sorry, I shouldn't swat it. We go out on the, uh, we go in all the pubs and bars and yeah, great times. Going into the modern day now, you're doing a lot with Walsh in your academy. Uh, how's that all going? All going well, yeah. AFDA, um, something that me and Walsh started nearly seven years ago now. Um, we run a BTEC, level three BTEC in sport. So we've got 88 students on currently on it. Um, they do a two-year BTEC with us. We've got teachers there, classrooms. Then they come out and they do coaching sessions with us. We, we've got four teams that, that, that we run. Uh, then they go on to a HNC degree. So, um, yeah, we've, it's, it's all going really well, mate. Really busy. Uh, we've got some good players as well. So, some good lads, all from around Leicester, inner city, all around the outskirts. So, yeah, it keeps me and Walshie off the streets, keeps us busy. As Phil just put, uh, I remember the players upstairs at VIP in Brannigan's. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I say, we went everywhere. There was nowhere we didn't go. Just uh, really, what, what's your opinion on Brendan Rodgers, how he's taken the club forward, uh, you know, over the last 18 months? Um, where do you think the club can go again? You know what? I think... Really, I think there's exciting times because as long as as long as Jamie can stay fit, as long as Jamie Vardy can stay fit, I think he's he's the the focus point on our on our success because he's the one who sticks the ball in the back of the net, and I'd, I'd hate for him to get injured because I think it would be a different season without him. We haven't really got anyone that's going to be able to fill them boots. Uh, I'm really excited with uh, Arby Barnes. Really like him. I coached him as a kid. Uh, I done a. I was at Leicester for two years, and I had the under 15s and under 16s. So I had Harvey, I had Hamza, 
two good players. Obviously, Arby Barnes. The only one thing Arby's got, to, you know, if he can get his finish into his game, I think he can be. He'll play for England again and again and again. I think he's he can be that good. Uh, great attitude, got great pace, good ability. Just a little bit more composure in front of goal, and I think he'll he'll go to the next level. You talk about earlier when you were saying about Peter Taylor replacing plays. Uh, Chill were left in the summer and we replaced him with uh, the new left-back from Italy. I can't wait now to play Cassagna. Uh, what have you made of him in his first four games at the club? Yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. Ben was a good player. I ain't gonna, but in my opinion, he wasn't a top-class player. That's my opinion. I thought he was a good football player. Um, and if you can get 50-odd million for a good football player then you've got, to, you've got to take it because you can replace plays like that, I think. You can replace a, a, a good football player with another good football player. It's when you've got someone like Jamie Vardy, who's world-class, it's hard to replace him with another world-class player because there isn't many of them about. So he's, he's done OK. I think he'll, you know, he'll, he'll get better and better the longer he's here. And, um, no, I'm... I've, I've got excited. You know, I think Leicester could do well again this year. I honestly do. I think Man United, Arsenal, I think we're better than on our day. If we really play to our best, I think we're better than them. I think there's, I think Man United are shambles at the minute. I don't I don't see them as anywhere near a top four team. I think Everton are blow. I think Everton are huff and puff and then they'll they'll go. I don't think they'll 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 stay. Obviously Man City and Liverpool are the two outstanding teams, but I think I think Leicester's got every chance to be in the top four this year. I honestly do. One final question. Out of Steve Walsh, Matt Elliott, Jerry Taggart, who would be the one you'd have next to you in the trenches? Hey, there's only one, mate. There's only one. The grinder, Steve Walsh. You, you play with some great players, you know, over the years at Leicester. And that, the names ring off there. Elliott, Taggart, Lennon. Who'd be one now that you go back and would like one more crack at playing with Leicester with? Uh, you know what, mate? There ain't one. It would be to get... We haven't done this since we've all split. We haven't had a reunion. It would be great to have a reunion and with all the old players, all the lads. Um, you know, I see Walsh every day. I ain't seen Neil Lennon for... I ain't seen Neil Lennon for years. Um Tags I see now and then. Matt Elliott I see now and then. Gup, Steve Gupp is in America. Pontus is in Sweden. Uh, Peggy Alphick side. I don't know where he is. He could be anywhere. Uh, <laughs> who else is there? Tony Cotty. You know, people, Steve Claridge. I, I ain't seen him for ages. So it'd be Gary Parker. It'd be great to see him all again. You know what I mean? Have a reunion. So there ain't one. I'd like to see him all. Maybe a testimonial in a few years' time for Andy King and Smichael, and you could have the Premier League team versus the O'Neill team. Rhyming, mate. You want to, Walsh, you can't. Walsh, you can just about walk. Never mind play a game of football. <laughs> um, so he'll have to be the manager. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd love to. I'd love to get us all back together. Um, we was actually going to do it. Uh, there was when Leicester was in the semi-final against Aston Villa. It was the League Cup final, weren't it? And if there was a there was going to be a, a party and everything else, and then it, they got knocked out, and everything got cancelled. So yeah, so hopefully soon we can all get back together once this once this COVID situation sorts itself out. Muzzy, it's the end of the show. It's been great. Thirty five minutes having you on. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, mate. 
Pleasure. Take care, everyone. Take care, most. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye bye. And there we go. Another Wednesday night with another legend of the football club. Once again, thanks to Mozzie. You know, brilliant having them on. But thank you to you, the fans, for uh, putting your comments in. It's always great to do these Wednesday night and to have someone like Muzz, who's such a character at the football club and with us to do a thick and thin was brilliant. Once again, good night. See you soon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.